Hello, hello, and a third hello. Welcome to Don't Forget Your Tao. This week brings in the last episode of Shiver, a setting agnostic pulp horror RPG. The Shiver Kickstarter ended last week with over 400% funded. You can tune into and find out more about Shiver on their Facebook at Shiver RPG, their Twitter at Games Parable, or at ShiverRPG.com. We'll include the links in the episode description below, so go check it out when you get the chance. With that, on to the episode. Previously on Don't Forget Your Towel. Mayday, Mayday. This is Captain Ford of the USS Morningstar. Our ship has run aground into the ice field and we are unable to break free. Uh, Please send assistance as soon as possible. We are in dire need of help. As you grabbed the kind of railing to keep yourself steady, you looked over the edge and you saw a large dark shadow definitely bigger than any whale you've ever seen move underneath the boat and back under the ice. You jump onto this boat. As you look around, you see there doesn't appear to be any movement aboard the ship, and the upper decks appear to be lifeless. I saw something. There was a a figure. Someone's here. And that takes us to quarter past strange. What appears to be a rat appears from around the corner, or something that looks like a rat. It's larger, around the size of a small dog. Its eyes enlarged and black as pitch, its scabby fur on end. As it opens its mouth to reveal sharp teeth, a cluster of tendrils unfurls from its mouth as two more rats crawl from the ceiling and the walls and make their way towards you. And as you look over to the leather chair behind the desk, you see a man in a captain's uniform, missing one arm, covered in black, bulging veins, looking at you. I'm Captain Ford and I was the the captain of the USS Morningstar and we were trying to continue research that was being done on the USS Philadelphia to do a teleportation, but we realized there were other dimensions. Something went terribly wrong. There are things that live in the void that can take over living things. It's the worms, the little black worms. Don't let them get in you, whatever you do. And you need to you need to close the gate. He's gonna try and have nip the captain's leg. Which it does so, it bites into his leg and draws some blood. Well, that's something I wanted to ask you to do for me before you go. I want you to shoot me. Is there anything else you wanted to say before? If you come across any data, I'd recommend destroying it. Alright. And I shoot him in the head. And you guys are out of combat. You have destroyed all of the void rats for now. Get me out. There's something beneath the ice Cold in the morning and cold at night I shiver At the sound of a gun I shiver At the sight of the sun Shivers up my spine when I hear secrets from up my spine when I see a mutant or two I shiver I shiver Be it our strength Our wit, our craft From Faerun to Arkham to Mars We'll take the quest immediately gonna go to the captain. Sir, are you okay? I've I've had worse, but um, it it does smart a little bit, I'm not gonna lie. 
That was no ordinary rat. Professor, what the hell is going on here? Um, from my rudimentary understandings of, of taking a look at the laboratory, I think that um, maybe some kind of uh, experimentation to do with teleportation, um, possibly these rats were the uh, lab rats, so to say, um, and maybe the experiments haven't quite gone to plan. Um, in this case, it appears the rats have broken out and uh, it's all gone very wrong. Um, I'd suggest we uh, maybe move in to see where Z and Michaela have got to. Uh, I'd, I'd hate to think if there are more of these things. Yeah, let's go. Uh, and I'll help the captain to his feet and like carry him into the room. I think... Oh, you're coming to us? Yeah. Yeah. Inside the room, after uh, Michaela shoots, I take my hand, place it on her shoulder and says... You good? Uh, um, it was... He wanted me to. Yeah, no, he did. He he, he did. Uh, you did... It's it's mercy. You, you, yeah. It's... You did the right thing, I, I think. And I'm going to assume that we come, like, crashing through the door <laughs> at that moment. <laughs> yeah, you crash through the door, interrupting this tender moment, and light pours into the room. You see Michaela holding her smoking pistol, now slightly lowered, Z looking at her tenderly and the captain's head on the desk, a pool of black blood spreading out across the desk. What in the blazes? N never mind, get him a chair. And I like gesture for someone to get a chair for uh, Captain Russell to sit on. Uh, I don't, I don't, there's, there's no chairs here that aren't already taken. Um, I kind of like, I've got the captain on my shoulder, so I kind of like stumble over there. Look at this guy. Yeah, how much space is there on the desk? Can we put him on the desk, maybe? Oh, yeah, is there space on the desk? Yeah, you can. Um, There's a spreading pool of black blood um, from the shot captain, but like there is space on the desk to, to lie him down. It's a solid surface. Oh, the floor's good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what about the floor? <laughs> <laughs> Just put him on the ground. The ground is fine. Probably the safest at this point. Sir, are you... Are you okay being on the ground? I'm I'm more than fine of being on the ground. It'd just be good to get the weight off this leg for a little while. All right. Were you Keep bitten? Yep. By by one of those uh, rodent fiends out there. We have to kill you. Wait, we don't know what? how it spreads. I thought okay, Hold we on. we may have to kill you. What are you guys talking about? Um the the rats are infected by a parasite it's a worm um the tendrils coming out of them it's a it's a worm and if you're infected then you'll become like one of the rats uh z turns to the professor and says doc maybe you can check his leg check if there's anything inside maybe there's still time to get the worm out so there's some kind of worm. okay let me take a look at the at his leg and i'm gonna uh, investigate the captain's wound go for it are there any black veins or anything um, I, I fail and get a strange. <laughs> I, I also get four grit, just uh, for a for a role play. <laughs> so I'm very rough. <laughs> you, you grab the trouser leg um, of the captain and you just tear it open to have a look at his wound. Um, and it looks like there's kind of bite marks and puncture wounds from where the tendrils had grasped on. But from your analysis, there are no dark veins present that you can see i mean this this just looks like a normal bite wound to me um uh, i'll try and patch you up captain uh i'm gonna use one of my uses of um medic sure. to try and really heal up the captain because it looks like he's pretty badly hurt 
Uh, so that's two successes. So that heals him for three wounds. Okay, yeah, that brings him back up to full health. So yeah, you get your little hip flask that was given to you by Yuri. You pour it over his leg wound and begin to kind of bandage him up and tightly bind his leg. And the captain seems to be feeling a little bit kind of sturdy and the bleeding seems to subside. Okay, now what happened here? Well, the most important thing is that Michaela is now captain of this ship and I put the captain's hat on Michaela's head. I batted away. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know where the worms are. Oh, oops. No, she is not captain of this ship. Now tell us what you know. Okay, so there's a portal to another dimension in the hallway and we need to close it. Yep. And there's creatures coming out of the portal, and that's what you're seeing. And they're worms, and they infect things. And Michaela's the captain of the ship. Did, did so? The, we need to close the portal. Did the How? captain say anything about the data? Where is the research? Yes, he said data? destroy the data. Destroy the data. Destroy yes. the data. Yes. Why? Because I imagine we don't want this happening again. Because portals are bad, and we should destroy. It was his dying wish, and I think we should respect his dying wish. We also have our orders. Well, I'm the captain of the ship now. <laughs> I'm, I'm afraid and that's I... not how military rank works, Michaela. Um, but <laughs> I can, I can, I can see, I can see why Captain Ford maybe wasn't so keen on maybe us accessing this data, especially considering the state of things. Yes. Well, anyway, portal in the hallway. Let's get it closed before the things come back. Oh. The captain also mentioned that his crew members are probably on the hunt for things inside here as well. What does that mean? Uh, you know that you you guys saw the rat, right? Yeah. Now imagine a human rat. Wait a second, my boy. Do you mean to say that this can happen to people as well? I can. I. I. I yes. I'm guessing. That's what the captain implied. It was very heavily implied, Doc. Interesting. Very interesting. Yeah, I asked him if he was going to sprout tendrils, and he said, uh, shoot me. So. That seems pretty heavily implied in my head. Michaela, roll a wit check for me. Okay. Da, da, da. Boop. Da, da, da. (laughs) That's a fail in two strangers. Uh-oh. We're on 19 on the doom clock. So as you're standing in front of the desk, pacing, kind of fretting about this, you suddenly feel a hand grab the back of your hair and yank you down into the desk, dealing you one blunt wound as Captain Ford, a tendril coming out of the bullet wound from his head and out of his mouth and eye sockets, begins to crawl jankily across the desk uh, to try and kind of get at you. Um, what would the rest of you like to do? Oh my god. I am gonna give a very annoyed look at our captain and say, so yes, it can happen. <laughs> I'm gonna immediately start shooting Captain Ford. <laughs> As is the captain. What I'm gonna say is is you and um, Captain Russell cock your rifles and just unload a full clip <laughs> um, into sc- until he is just pulp and you kind of manage to pry the hand out um, of Michaela's hair. Great, great. <sighs> and I'll just, just like toss that on the ground. Are you okay? I think I have Captain in my hair. Maybe let's take a step back. Just stay away from anything dead or looking dead. So while they're all stepping back, the professor is going to. Is there like tendrils and stuff on the desk, sort of, that have been blown off? 
the captain's corpse. So there's like a load of black mush. Um, you've managed to blow the hand off, so the hand that was in Michaela's hair is now separate and on the floor. So there's all kind of different bits and chunks. So of gore. I'm I'm sort of going to take uh, the end of my umbrella and roll the corpse of the captain over so I can kind of take a better look at it and be like, oh, very interesting. So yeah, small very strength. similar to the rats. And, uh, yes, and uh, uh, so three successes and four hearts. So as you begin to probe it with your umbrella in the most scientific as fashions that you can, um, you see that this black, ikery, blood-like substance, after a while, it begins to move of its own accord. And as you look and peer at it even closer, you see that it is not just a moving black liquid. It's, in fact, a black liquid containing very small, stringy, black worms that look like they're made of some oily-type substance. Well, um... I think we've discovered the source of the worms, and uh, this black liquid doesn't look particularly good for us. So I would suggest that we uh, get out of this room uh, and get to the hold, get the data, and then we leave, because this is looking worse and worse by the minute. Hold on. What about this portal? Yeah, close the portal. We need to close the portal. And how do we do that? Well, let's get there first. Let's find out. Well, I'm sure the good captain will tell you that our mission priorities are data, then survivors, and then I don't believe any kind of gate has factored into any plans. I'm the captain of this ship now, and then I run out of the room. <laughs> what the? Wait. I I will follow Michaela. That aside, Michaela is not the captain of a ship, and Professor, I have to say, I feel the priorities of our mission have changed. Let's close that goddamn gate. And he says, let's close that goddamn gate you hear a crack and the severed hand that was on the floor stands upright on its fingers, black tendrils waggling at the severed wrist and it skitters away and crawls up the wall, pauses for a moment and then scuttles into a vent. Wow. I think we should probably get going. <laughs> uh, yeah, we need to get out of here as soon as possible. So I'm out in the other room now. I'm not in the like the room we were in. I'm out where we were before. Um, do I see anything that looks like it would house the portal? No. So at the end of the corridor, um, you see another door with a stairwell that leads down. Which you remember from the sch schematic, you've got containment. Then next to that, you've got the crew quarters, and then from the crew quarters, there's entrance into the hold where the experiment was being housed. So that's that's where the right. portal is. Is in the hold from what Captain Ford said. Okay. Z, I'm right behind you. Right behind me, great. Yeah, Z, it's you and me. Well, you know, better odds than just you or just me. So, yep. Let's do it. Yep. And we head down towards the hold. Um, I'm I'm imagining that we can see them start walking away. Yeah, and I think I think the camp's gonna be. Yeah, let's get on and move on. We don't want to lose sight of those two. All right. Are you okay, sir? Can you walk? I think I I can walk unassisted. Um, let's. Let's, let's try and be as fast as we can. So right. as as we move out of the office, uh, I'm going to try and grab the captain just as Diana's left the room. Okay. Um, yeah, you, you, you do that. So you grab body armor as Diana hurries after Z and Michaela. Now, Captain, I want to remind you very clearly of our mission. Data first, survivors second. Understood? Dark... I feel there's something you need to understand. 
even if we get that data and we don't solve the problem here, where that data goes after this could potentially just mean nothing. I think you maybe need to see the bigger picture. I think you may be thinking above your pay grade, sir. Well, oh. let me remind you that I'm the commanding officer of this mission. So what I say goes. You got that? Well, we'll see. We'll see about that. And I'll leave the office and follow the others. The captain mutters to himself, well, that really doesn't inspire any form of confidence. And um, heads <laughs> I'm into the corridor, follow, hurrying after everyone as you head towards the door, heading down into the containment area. So you all want to head down the stairs down that way? Yes. Mm -hmm. um, do I need to roll a fear check again at any point? Um, nah, I'm, I'm going to say you, you overcome the fear of the stairwells. If you get put into anywhere tighter, um, then they'll make you roll a fear check again. How's the light level holding out? <laughs> How's the light level holding out? Uh, light level in here is is okay. It's not it's not too bad. So um, you hurry your way down these metal stairs and you enter a much larger room um, than the laboratory area where you've been before. And lights flicker into life, illuminating rows of what appear to be large glass cubes that line the room, four on each side. The glass appears to be thick, but the contents of the cubes are shrouded in a thick-like fog substance that swirls inside. At the far end of the room, you see a very heavy-duty door that appears to slide to one side um, electronically. On the left-hand side of the room, there's a series of computers and control panels and lab equipment. And to the left, there are some metal lockers. And is the door, that the sliding door open or closed? The sliding door is closed, and there is a red light on the left side of it. I, I look to McKellen and say, you know, maybe it's just me, but I don't like cubes that I can't see inside, so I suggest we make a run for it. Towards the doorway? Yes. Yep, okay, let's do it. Um, am I close enough to them to hear that? Yeah, yeah, you're, you're, they're in front of you, but you're all kind of walking together. Yeah. Wait, let's not make any sudden movements here. Let's just take everything one step at a time, okay? Is that a good idea? Yes. Are you sure? Yes. Are you really, really sure? What if we Trust shoot one me. of the cubes? While, while yes. these three are deliberating as to whether or not they should move carefully into the room, the good doctor, uh, Professor Even, arrives uh, <laughs> and sees a bank of computers and research equipment on the side of a room, and he is in, like... <laughs> a pig in excrement uh, and he is straight at those computers trying to find the relevant research data. And you see the captain coming down the stairs after him going, God damn it, Prof, wait, wait, go quietly, before he can stop the professor wandering off, umbrella in hand, wandering into the room. So the professor's inside um, and is heading over towards the computers. Um, roll a wit check for me. Prof, to see what you see on your travels uh, over to the computer. That sounds like we need to use bank luck. Yeah. It's, um, uh, <laughs> no successes. Um, you're completely oblivious, unaware. You only see the computers, and you make a beeline straight for it, and don't oh. notice anything. That's all I in care a, about. In the, room. the professor makes his way over to the computers and reaches there, and nothing leaps out and attacks him. He seems okay. Nothing seems to move in the room that you can see. Okay, in that case, I will start slowly heading in, and I'm going to be kind of like gesturing to these guys, like, we're moving slowly here, and you can just follow behind me. We're going to die. <laughs> 
It's just a perfectly normal room with normal glass cubes. What's everyone so worried about? Diana, roll a wit check for me for looking around and also moving stealthily. We will combine it. Beautiful. That is one success. Excellent. Um, you begin to kind of sneak forwards, um, kind of going around the perimeter of the room. As you look into the rows of cubes, you notice that all of most of them seem to be sealed, and although you can't really see exactly what's inside, one of them you notice seems to be slightly ajar with some of this fog leaking out, and in front of it there appears to be a body. It looks like it's one of the scientists. Okay. Um, I will slowly crouch down to take a better look at the body. Okay, you crouch down towards the body. The scientist doesn't seem to be infected from what you can see, but he is definitely not alive. Um, half of his body is outside of the cube and the other half is shrouded um, inside. You see around his neck is a security pass key. I'm gonna grab that key. Cool. As you reach out to grab that key, your hands grasp around the key, but before you can yank it away, the body is actually pulled in the other direction and is pulled back in towards the cube. The fabric holding the keycard snaps and you have it in your hand, but you see the body, the silhouette of it is dragged in and then rises up. So it's about 10 foot tall and something begins to move in the cube lumbering towards you. What would you like to do? So I've got the keycard, right? You've got the keycard, yeah. Okay, I shout, run for it! Really? (laughs) (laughs) And then I'm going to run towards the door and use the keycard to open it. Fantastic. Okay, so with your with your actions that you've kind of got left now, I'll say you'll be able to run a good portion of the way to the door, but you'll fall just short of the door. Um, And then what is everyone else doing? So the good prof is at the computers. What's he doing? Uh, He's clickety clackety-ing on the computers and uh, attempting to find some some data. Uh, At the point of run, I'll probably turn around to see what's going on. Cool. Um, Roll a wit check for me. See if you can see what's going on. Uh, One success. Cool. With one success, as everyone starts to kind of move quickly and running, you see the cube that Diana was in front of the slightly ajar door towards this fog-filled cube. A pair of hands reaches out that are slightly deformed and with overly long fingers and wraps itself around the door and begins to wrench it open. But then another pair of hands and another pair and another pair. So there's about five or six different pairs, all of different shapes and sizes, all warped in different ways. Pushes the door apart and out stumbles a creature that can only be described as an amalgamation of multiple people smashed together all kind of melded and melted together so there's multiple limbs and legs all kind of stumbling on this kind of large body and the thing that you saw like an anglerfish was a long extended neck with half of a scientist attached to it as a lure that remained relatively normal looking and that now dangles in front of it it's the scientist's mouth open screeching as it begins to lurch towards all of you on ungainly limbs so just to clarify when you say it's like prying the door open you mean the entrance to the cube is that right yeah so the cube was only slightly ajar and it's forcing its way through now so it can fully escape and get towards you got it so what's everyone else doing is everyone else just running uh with diana just running yeah just running after shouting, really, yeah. um, Z just runs. Cool. So the um, the captain's going. Uh, he was taking up the rear. He's going to kind of run as far as he can 
stop, shout you down, and get that damn door open, and he'll kind of crouch down and start firing kind of bursts of gunfire towards this big fleshy mass. Bullets bury into it, but it does not appear to be doing much, um, as it is absorbing um, quite a lot of the damage. So yeah, so Prof, are you, do you want to roll? So how how far out of the cube is this um, creature? It's pretty much out now. So it is kind of forced door open, and it is about half of it is maybe still in the cube. So can I sort of turn back round to the computer and see if there's any way to control like the mechanisms that like the cubes? Because it looks like these are like sort of like cells or like containment things that have must have some kind of control to them so okay can yeah I, um, can i do that through the computer ro- maybe? Ro- roll a smarts check to to do your your hacker man business do do some, do, do a good computer uh one success one success cool with that um you see you've got three symbols in front of you when it comes to the cubes you've got what looks like kind of a temperature dial and um, you've got what seems to be a frost dial and what appears to be a kind of cloud dial um and you can interact with one of them what would you like to do uh, would I have been able to glean which one of these will do bad things to one of these things? <laughs> Not with one smart troll, you've managed to access the menu, but you don't know what it's going to do. Uh, in which case, I would like to close my eyes and select one at random and make a luck check. <laughs> okay, um, ro- <laughs> um yeah, yeah, ro- roll luck check. Uh, one success. One success. Okay, with that, um, you close your eyes and you reach down, and as you open one eye, you see you've hit the frost symbol. And you see that tiny sprayers inside the cube spray down um, a kind of icy looking mist and the back half of this creature freezes and you realise that it is being sprayed with liquid nitrogen as a containment method. Um, So half of this creature stumbles out and the rest of it, the legs that have been frozen begin to crack and fall underneath it and it collapses over and falls flat as half of it shatters behind it in big chunky fleshy masses. However, it kind of rears up onto its many limbs and begins dragging itself across the floor, um, trying to gain purchase, as you didn't manage to get rid of all of its limbs because it's got so many. Um, so yeah, but you've dealt with a good chunky bit of damage. Cool. And I think that's going to bring us back to Diana. So do you want to run over and open the door? Yeah, I will do that. And as soon as I got the door open, I'm just waiting for everyone to get through. Just like, come on, come on, come on! Cool, yeah, um, you yeah. scan the keycard um, and door basically with a flashing kind of amber light begins to slowly, kind of painfully slowly pull back. Um, and as you begin to usher um, everybody inside, the captain kind of providing covering fire. Prof, are you following as well? Uh, yeah, well, I'm on I'm on the, like, the side of the room, so I'm going to yeah. just be sidling around uh, out of the view of this monstrosity. <laughs> Uh, to slip through the door without anyone noticing. Cool, everyone gets on the other side of the door and you slam the red button on the other side for it to close. Um, It slowly creeps across as this creature crawls closer and closer as a hand reaches through and the door slams shut and severs it. Um, Luckily, the freezing of the limbs slowing it down just enough that you manage to keep it within the containment room. Nice. What's on this side of the door? So... You find on this side of the door, you are now in what, from memory, is the crew quarters. And it is deathly quiet in here. Um, did the captain make it with us? Uh, yes, yeah. Yeah, he um, made it, right? Captain Russell's here like, yep, made it, all good. <laughs> oh, and he's just like, quite out of breath. <laughs> oh, God. Okay, I, I, I've never seen... What the hell was that? I, I look at 
the doc. I mean, Professor. Um, well, it seems that um, the teleportation technology that they've been working with, um, it mixes uh, particles. Um, so you, if you take particles from one place and you take them and you break them up and then you put them back together in another place. Um, but I think if that were to go wrong, or in this case, very, very, very wrong, then you could maybe have those particles come together with the particles of, say, eight other people, uh, or however many things that that creature was made up of. And it, I, I would imagine that it would cause something like that. And you hear a shy, quiet voice from one of the doors further down saying, That's a pretty good summation, but it is not exactly entirely technically correct, I must admit. As um, a, a, a frail looking older man in a lab coat uh, with heavy stubble who has evidently been locked in here for some time emerges looking around nervously. I'll, I'll whip around with my gun out. I assume you're off with the military? He says raising his hands um, <laughs> and being like, I mean no harm. What's up, Doc? Ignore him. Yes, we are. Um, do I recognise him? You do. You recognise this as Professor Brutenholm, who is one of the leading bureau scientists and is most likely the scientific lead on this expedition. Brutenholm, you old dog! Is that Pond Whistle? No, that's right. They let you out in the field? Yes, somebody was very drunk signing off paperwork. Oh god, if you've read the art rooms. <laughs> yeah. I uh, I have a feeling. I thought they pulled me out of retirement because I was the only one who could do this job. Now I'm wondering if that's the case. I think they're getting a bit desperate, Doc. I mean, the new Doc, of course. That's not what I was thinking. Really? Because, I I'm mean, thinking... look at us. Yeah. <laughs> and I point... Oh, I'm not meant to be here. <laughs> huh. Well, that explains something, but... I was going to say, I think they put us on this mission yeah. because we're expendable. Oh, no, I think it was meant to be Michael Stone. <laughs> and I don't think it was meant to be me at all. Captain Russell gives Diana a knowing look of being like, yeah, pretty much. <laughs> it, it's yeah. like, that's, that's, <laughs> what, that's what he's surmised as well. Like, yeah, yeah. it's kind of, <laughs> if it all went wrong, they'll just send another team. Mm. Huh. Maybe they did choose me. Uh, of course. Why would they not choose such a capable person? Yeah. Well, anyway, we have to close the portals. Um, do you yes. know how to close the portal? Uh, well, th yes, but um, the portal is not, um, as you would say, it's not a, a mechanical doorway or anything. It, is, um, it has become a living thing. So to close okay. it, we have to, I guess, not close the door. In a way, we have to kill the door. Okay, how do we kill the door? Um, well, my dear, we've... Pretty much an old-fashioned method, and he kind of pulls open um, a cupboard and reveals flamethrowers, flares, and grenades. Ah, napalm! Right. Lots and lots of napalm. I like your stuff. <laughs> I think um, this would be the best method. However, as you see, I am not um, uh, the, the the combative type. I was hoping uh, for all of you to arrive to provide me with some assistance, but I will definitely help you in the good fight against this um thing. Although I must say. Prepare yourselves, as is, it is not like anything you have ever seen. What does that mean? It's quite horrifying, so I'm saying steal yourselves. I doubt it's anything worse than what I've seen before. All right, let's get these flamethrowers and kill this sucker. 
Cool. Right. I'm going to get stats for flamethrowers and going to give you some some big guns. <laughs> Great. <laughs> Where is the door? Uh, so as you're kind of all getting tooled up, you look towards um, the end of the corridor and you see that there is um, a curved stairwell heading down and there is another really large security door um, that requires a pass. That seems to be even more heavy duty than the door you've just come through. Um, and on the other side of that lies the hold and whatever experiment they have been cooking up. So Z comes, walks up to the um, the new doctor and says, "Do you do you know if this sub still has power?" Sub? Sorry, the ship. The ship has some emergency power, but not much. Some heating systems and. A few other things went pretty early, but we managed to keep the um the security doors intact to try and keep things as contained as best as possible. But as you've probably already seen, it's it's failing at quite a rate. There's definitely some power still working. You just pushed that freeze button. As I say, the containment procedures we managed to keep intact, but the emergency generators will only hold out for so long. Um, and I give them another week, and All right. we'll burn through. Well, don't worry. We're here now. It won't be another week. Well, I'm, I'm just saying, uh, at this point, I look to the captain as well and say, I may joke around, but in all seriousness, should we not have a plan B in case we fail? Maybe scuttle the ship. Scuttle? Yes. I'm sorry, I'm not familiar with that term. Destroy it if we fail. Oh. Destroy this whole ship. I was kind of thinking we should destroy it anyway. Yeah, do you have any ideas? I was thinking if we could ram the ship into something, but the power's gone, so I don't really know. I think once we get off the ship, we can probably do some flamethrower-y things. Yeah. When, yeah, let, let's just concentrate on, on destroying the door for now. If we get out of the ship. Well, if we don't, then we can throw the f- flamethrowers at the walls. What do you think, sir? Um, Z talks to the captain. I think I may have an idea. And the professor, the other professor, um, leads you into another room where there is spare fuel storage. And he, with a great effort, heaves out a heavy um, kind of oil canister, saying, we've only got two barrels of this left. Uh, We were using it to keep the emergency generators running. But if you you want something to to go up big, and this might be the way. That'll do. Thanks. So while everyone else is tooling up with big guns, um, the professor would like to pull the other professor to one side uh, and ask him about where the research data is. Of course. Of course. Ah, don't worry, good fellow. It's all here. And he taps his coat pocket and you see the vague outline of a hard drive inside his lab coat. It is all safe with me in here. And here, he says, tapping his head. Does any one of us notice this or hear this conversation? Ooh, roll a wit check for me to see if you see this sneaky conversation between two distrustful scientists. I'm going to add a luck to that. Are we all rolling? Sorry. I think my logic behind it was because I was given what the doctor said. I mean, the professor yeah. said before I was a bit suspicious. So um, I think you would probably, Michaela would probably be a bit suspicious mm. as well. Yep. Okay. Well, my luck didn't help anything. Um, I. Oh God. Oh no. I'm so sorry, guys. I rolled zero successes and two stranges. Ooh, strange. 
So we're on 26 on the Doom Clock. So we're four away from the next Doom event. I did not roll any successes, so I didn't hear it either, I imagine. Um, you continue to tool up. And as you um root through the pile of things, Z, you find yourself a pistol, finally. <laughs> <laughs> In honest joy and elation, I just shout, huzzah! And I'm going to walk over and go, I'll be taking that, thank you. <laughs> what? <laughs> Excuse me? As the captain of this ship, I demand that you give him a pistol. Again, Michaela, not how military rank works, um, says the captain, like strapping a few <laughs> grenades to himself. We're going to have to have a serious conversation about how you've ascended so far in the military, I feel, after this is all over. <laughs> Sir, it's, it's how military... You know, rank should work. You know, pirate <laughs> rules. She kills the captain, she is the captain. It's, it's a hatocracy. Whoever wears the hat has the rank. That's it. That's how it works. <laughs> Doc, that's the smartest thing I've heard you say all day. <laughs> on a on a more serious note, um, seeing as we've fought quite a lot of, well, gruesome creatures currently, uh, maybe it would be best if everybody was armed. Yeah. Uh, I, I look at the captain to gauge his opinion. Captain Russell kind of sighs and says, well, these are desperate times, and I think Z has proved himself to be relatively trustworthy, if not competent. So whatever lies on the other side of that door, I sure know I would want a gun. So he kind of picks up the right. pistol and kind of proffers it to you kind of by the handle and says, so make sure you point it in the right direction. Z takes the gun, looks at it, then looks up at ca the captain, and then suddenly gra like hugs the captain and says, "Thank you, captain. Thank you. Thank you so much." Oh, oh sure. Listen to the man. <laughs> Just be. be if the man says he's gonna of, have a pistol. He does not know how to react to this outburst of affection. Um, <laughs> <clears throat> yes, and um, he says, "And Dan, I think we should get you um." sorted out with this flamethrower and um he helps you get on the the kind of backpack um kind of containing oh, yeah, the fuel correct. canisters for the flamethrower so you've got you so you've got the flamethrower i've got um, the flamethrower awesome. as i feel that's appropriate it's very ripley-esque so <laughs> and i would like to grab the grenade yeah roll a luck or maybe two i don't know how many can i hold roll a luck check for me okay okay so i got two successes three hearts a grit another luck so i'll Put my luck back in. Yeah, so that's two successes and three hearts. Cool. So with two successes, you managed to cobble together three grenades. So you've Sweet. got a belt of three grenades, nice. kind of that you kind of strapped across your front, and you've got your your trusty pistol, um, which is not you know not seen you wrong so far. It shot a polar bear through the eye and executed a captain, and potentially mm -hmm. given you a captaincy. So pistols doing. Miracle works, I must say. Um, uh, Professor Brutenholm, <laughs> I, I noticed that the containment seemed to utilise some kind of liquid nitrogen to um to freeze the creatures. Uh, what other sort of um uh, peculiarities have you noticed in your research regarding them? Well, from from my studies of this, it's um they tend to do quite well in the cold. Um, they don't like severe extremes of temperature. Freezing them did seem to work as a pacification method, uh, but it was a uh, fire. Fire and heat is something they are not fond of. It seems to be very alien from where, where they're from. Well, let's go murder a door. <laughs> All right. I'm ready if everyone else is. Let's do this thing. Cool, and you um you get your key card, and Professor Brutenholm gets his key card, and kind of like a nuclear launch, you kind of give each other a nod, and tap, 
kind of, of both both scan points and a red light begins to spin as the door begins to pull back. Um, you've prepped a couple of the oil barrels ready to go to roll into the room um, as your kind of contingency explosion plan and the doors peel back. And what you see on the other side is truly horrifying. The cavernous metal space of the staging area is revealed and the walls and floors are plastered with organic stringy tissue that pulsates and throbs with an unnatural life. It covers every surface, spreading out from the end of the room where you see its origin. The gate, the door, although it's not a door anymore in the normal sense, not metal, but it's become a living, pulsating thing made out of a strange red flesh covered in eyes and teeth. Large tentacles writhe out from the gate's opening, which is now a slavering open moor, and beyond it, you see darkness, with a pinprick of white, bright light in the distance. Its bulbous eyes swivel towards you, and amidst the sounds that you struggle to comprehend, the room begins to move and writhe and seethe in anger as tendrils rear up and launch towards you, and your battle against the moor gate begins. Wow. Okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna just gonna grab a grenade and I'm gonna launch it directly into one of the eyes. Cool, go for it. Uh, roll a wit check for me. Wit check. I'm going to add a couple of lux. Let's go two. All right, that's two successes and one strange. Two successes and one strange. Okay, you manage to hurl your grenade far enough and it lands uh, just at the edge of the moor gate and explodes and singes and it pops one of the eyes, uh, which explodes in kind of a gush of black ichor as the whole room seems to vibrate with pain and rage. And as this is a creature, it rolls its reaction. And as it's more dangerous, this thing reacts a lot more. So, as you do that, and you seem extremely happy with your success, a tendril bursts out of the floor and searches its way towards you and tries to grapple around you. Uh, Roll a grit check for me. Okay, I'm going to give myself another luck. Yeah, that's all my luck. Okay, I got one success and one strange. Ooh, that is not enough, I'm afraid. And that takes up the Doom Clock. We're now on 27. Ah! And it tightens its grip around you and begins to drag you towards the open, dark, void-like moor. So, do I have the pistol or the flare pistol, just to clarify? Um, you can pick. Would you prefer a flare pistol or would you prefer a pistol? Yeah, I'll probably take the um, flare pistol because it's long range. Yep. Yeah, I'll I'll just shout, Michaela! And run to fire or like come close to just so that I'm in range so that I can fire the flare pistol. Okay. Um, I'm going to... Add a luck to wit and roll, and that is zero. I failed. No. Um, so you find a flare pistol, but the recoil of it kind of kicks backwards as you stumble back, and it sends the flare shooting up high, illuminating the room in a ominous red glow as you see the mass of kind of flesh all crawling and creeping along the ceiling as the flare oh, settles down in the middle of the room, giving you some more illumination um, as Michaela is dragged past the flare um, by this tentacle. Uh, seeing this, I'm going to say, God damn, and start sort of going going after Michaela, and I'm going to fire my flamethrower at the thingamabob. Cool, okay. Roll a smarts check for me. Smart. I'm going to use my luck as well. Ah, no! Oh, no, wait. Okay, so so here's the roller coaster ride. That's um, 
a fail with free strange, but two luck. So can I use the luck as one success? Okay, so you get a single success. Um, but unfortunately, that is not enough to get this rapidly retreating. No. You let out a gout of flame, uh, but the tendril, sensing the heat, swerves away from it. And the doom clock ticks up by three. Uh-oh. So that takes us to 30 minutes. So I'm going to trigger the doom event, which is as the tendril flails in the air with Michaela gripped in its grasp. As it flicks back, it tightens on Michaela and flings Michaela into its maw through the gate to the other side. What? And we will, we will, um... we will cut back to you, Michaela. Don't worry. Um, <laughs> like, and and see what's going on inside the maw gate. So as as the professor walks in and sees the the scale of this thing, uh, he turns to Bruton Holm, who I assume is also with us, and say. Um, I think that maybe those oil drums might come in use right now. And I'm going to like try and convince Brutenholm to come with me to help me get one of the oil drums and move it into the hold. Sure, yeah. So he'll come with you and like you can do a combined grit check with Brutenholm to try and roll this in as quickly as you can. So he'll roll his grit check as well and contribute. Oh, that's one for me. That's two. That's oh, that's brilliant. That's two for the good for the good doctor. Yes, um, so yes, you your old frail professor bodies stack up behind these heavy oil barrels, and you begin to roll it as industrially as you can, and you manage to get it to roughly into the center of the room. Did you say that there was like a ramp down into the hold? like to get to the door could we maybe like try and give it some momentum so it's like rolling towards the gate all going then i like that i like that so you you kind of basically set it up so, and you kind of roll it roll it roll it roll it and it gets some momentum and starts rolling just gets... like bowls eh, old chap i do not understand what this sport is as as the um <laughs> as the uh barrel continues to roll into the room it gets to about halfway into the room but it will continue to roll. So as we progress through the turns, it will get closer and closer to the moor gate. That's everyone apart from the captain. What's the captain doing? And the captain is just going to fire his gun at the gate and just to fire and fire away. And he gets a hit. Um, so some bullets are going to pop another eye as the moor gate screeches and arrives. Every everyone is gone. So now it's going to be the moor gate's actual turn. So on its turn it is going to roll a strange check um, and it spawns um, one more tendril and it is going to whip at it's going to whip at Z as it fired as he fired the hot flaming um, flare and let's see if it hits him oh and it whiffs it um, so this huge tentacle kind of coalesces out of the fleshy mass rise back and slams down and just narrowly misses you as you kind of shift just out of the way as it slams down and slivers back kind of towards the gate and now the Morgate is going to let out a sound that you cannot comprehend as it is so otherworldly I'd like everyone on this side of the gate to make a strange check so not Michaela she's on the other side of the gate uh, that is a zero fail. That was a big fail for me as well. Okay, so for those who have failed... I got a one. One. Okay, so Diana passes. Everyone else is now afraid. Um, so if you want to oh, change no. your... As the sound resonates inside your skulls um, and terrifies you to your core. Cool. So you're afraid, and that is the Morgate's turn. And now we're going to cut to Michaela, who, with a sudden intake of air 
you wake up on the other side of the gate. You look back to where you were flung from and you see the strange fleshy outline of the gate now sealed by kind of fleshy complex strings and you find yourself on what appears to be a strange obsidian walkway that is surrounded by a pitch black ocean and straight ahead of you is a tall white spire an obelisk which you ascertain to be the glowing white light that you saw on the other side of the gate if I were to examine it, would I be able to make anything out other than the fact that it's, you know, white and tall? Yeah, um, make, make a smart shape for me to investigate your surroundings. Okay, so I got one success. I also got two hearts. Excellent. You investigate and you investigate with pure charisma. You look at this white obelisk and it's not like anything you've ever seen before. But as you look down into this glassy material below you, this obsidian, you see... The gate seems to have these fleshy veins that connect mm. into this stone. And it seems to be running through this walkway. And the veins pulsating with life and this red, horrible, dark energy seem to lead from the gate towards the obelisk. Yep, that's what I thought. I'm going to run towards the, the opening, so the opposite direction from the obelisk. And then I'm going to hurl the grenade at it towards the obelisk. So you're quite a distance from the obelisk. You're going to have to run up to it. Oh, okay. I was hoping to be away from the blast. Okay, I run up to it then, and I and I throw the grenade at the obelisk. So, so, so what we'll say is, is you'll get to the foot of the obelisk, and you mm -hmm. see because it's a big structure, so it's very, right. very large. So you get to the foot of the obelisk, and as you look around, you see that these veins seem to be writhing their way up into the obelisk, and you see there is a stairwell that is leads up, and you can hear what sounds like, boom, 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 from above you. Oh, okay. There's a stairwell. Okay, well, oh, all right, scratch that then. I'm going to go up the stairwell. Cool. Um, you begin ascending the stairwell towards this beating sound, and that's where we'll cut away and go back to the absolute chaos on the other side of the gate as everyone is fighting against these tentacles. So, who would like to go first? I think my first reaction would be to try to jump into the gate, to be honest, right after seeing Michaela. Like, really? Throwing, yeah. Wow. Gosh, we have such good chemistry. I know, the bond is real. <laughs> um, how far away is the gate, the opening of the gate? Um, so it's a kind of about like 40 feet-ish. Right. So I probably won't be able to reach it in my this current Yeah, not, not in one turn. It would take a couple of turns. Um, in that case, I'll run as far as I can towards the gate. And once I'm as far in as possible, I'll probably um, shoot at the nearest tentacle I can find. Cool. Yeah, so um, you kind of begin dashing forward, trying to avoid the fleshy masses kind of on the ground. And as one of the tentacles rears up near you, um, you draw your flare pistol and let off another shot. So roll an attack for me. Oh, for the god. It's fail with one strange. <laughs> 31 on the doom clock. So you let off a flare and again you light up the room and allow everyone to see even more of the horrors that are within this space but you do, unfortunately do not do any damage i audibly curse very loudly several times <laughs> cool and that's z's turn uh who would like to go next yeah i'm i'm just gonna be um using my flamethrower again Fantastic. try to take down this beast go for it that is one success <laughs> I'm gonna say you've gotten to you've gotten to grips with the flamethrower a bit now, and you won't attack. You won't hit yeah. the gate directly, but you'll hit one of the tendrils um, that's kind of come out of the floor. Um, we'll say. Thank you. 
And that's one luck as well. Excellent. So you flame this tendril and you see as soon as the fire touches it, it begins to writhe um, violently and this tendril collapses down, um, kind of twitching as it's set on fire. Um, and the gate itself seems to be agitated by your actions. There's one more tendril that's in the room currently. Um, is there anything else we'd like to do? Would you like to move or use your interact to do anything? Uh, what is the other tendril doing at the moment? Um, the other tendril is staying nearer to the gate. So the other tendril is the one that has just finished throwing Michaela into the gate and is now resetting itself to kind of go on the attack. Uh, maybe I'll just I'll just shout out. Um, Use the flame. Fire good. <laughs> um, Fire <laughs> cool. So, Prof, what are you and your other geriatric prowl up to? Uh, hey, <laughs> I'm in my 50s. I'm young. Brunholm is not. He is old as time. So um, the first thing I'm going to do is uh, reach into my pocket and pull out the whiskey that I acquired from Yuri earlier uh, and take a good swig to try and clear my nerves after being terrified by the horrible scream. Okay. Um. So yeah, you drink take a heavy swig and what this does is that this gives you um liquor has rules um it is an actual item that i give to barney and it gives you the skill dutch courage uh, which gives you an archetype hey. die when um you're making fear checks however he's going to have negatively affected wit checks as he's not going to be very steady on his feet for a little bit <laughs> uh, that's that's four successes for me cool um you suddenly feel like the bravest damn man in the world um you are <laughs> you you're like popeye eating spinach but you've done it with whiskey um pretty much um so you are you are ready to to save the day so uh, i've not i've still only got my umbrella so <laughs> what i'm gonna do is can i take a look around the hold and see if there's any other like bits of the hold that maybe we could use um i'm thinking like if there was some containment apparatus in place in the other areas maybe there was something set up here so about 20 feet 30 feet away you see one of Z's discarded mist flares. Okay. Is there anything else in the room flammable other than the massive barrel of oil that I've just kicked into it? Nope. Yeah, okay. <laughs> uh, in which case, I will shout uh, to Diana to let her know of my barrel rolling capers uh, a la Donkey Kong to maybe do some real damage to this gate. Got it. So, have you just rolled the barrel into the room? Yeah. So there was like a like a ramp that we came down to get into the hold. So me and the other professor have like rolled this barrel from where we found it down the ramp into the room, and it's kind of slowly rolling towards the gate. So the bar the barrel is 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 making its merry way closer and closer towards the gate, and it's kind of about like three fifths of the way there now. It's got past the halfway mark, and the captain is gonna fire off his gun again, and this time he's gonna. Try, after seeing what it did to Michaela, he's going to try and blast this tentacle and he whiffs it. Um, the tentacle whips and dodges kind of out of the way of his gunfire as he kind of swears under his breath. Um, and that brings us to the Moorgate. So it's going to start off with its first action, which is rolling to see how many tendrils it summons. And two more tendrils um, appear and are going to make attacks. So one of them is going to attack uh, the good Captain Russell and it slams down into him and throws him against the wall, dealing him three wounds as he hits the wall hard. And the 
other tendril um, having seen that you have just gouted flame and incinerated one of the other tendrils it is going to make an attack um, against you diana and that is unfortunately that is a critical hit um from this so it's a grip based attack so what this means is that a double so it's going to do six blunt wounds to you and it's going to knock you prone so you're going to have to use your movement to kind of get back up um so you're not really going to be able to move around as much um but yeah that's a, a pretty chunky hit and as this horrible chaotic gory battle rages on outside the gate we cut to michaela desperately clambering up uh, this white obelisk following the trail of veins and as you round the corner you find a large pulsating alien looking heart it doesn't look like anything like a human heart but it is something that is pumping this horrible black red ichor through these veins and around and as you get to the top of the obelisk you see there are actual multiple obsidian pathways leading off in jagged directions to what you potentially think might be other doors and this thing continues to pump now almost with a deafening heartbeat behind you. All right. I'm going to throw my gr grenade into the heart and then run back down the stairs. Cool. Um, so you pull kind of the pin on your grenade belt and you lob it into the thing. What I'd like to do, I'm not going to make you roll a wit check for lobbing it underneath the heart, but I am going to make you roll a luck check to see how long it takes for the grenades to trigger and detonate, see how far you can get away. Fingers crossed. That's one success with three wit, a grit, and a heart. With that amount of wit, uh, you manage to get a bit lucky and make your way a good amount of the way down the stairs, but the grenades detonate and obelisk begins to crumble and the stairs begin to give way. You manage to, in a kind of agile manner, keep your footing and get down um, kind of onto the ground again and back onto the obsidian path. But you do get hit with some debris and you take one blunt wound um, from the explosion behind you. Okay. So, yeah, so, so you get kind of hit in the back of the shoulder and you find yourself facing the Moorgate um, in the distance as the obelisk begins to crumble behind you. Okay, um, I'm going to boot it towards the doorway. Cool. Um, you begin sprinting across this obsidian pathway and you notice in this black ocean that was previously quite still, almost like a lake, now begins to be writhing and you seem to see a huge shape moving underneath the waves as you make your way across and you get halfway across the pathway. And at that point, we're going to cut back into the fight with our intrepid heroes fighting against this gate. Um, so what would you all like to do? I keep running towards the opening of the gate. Do I make it yet, or...? Yeah, um, roll a wit check for me. Can do. Actually, in that case, could I try to attempt to not be afraid first and then <laughs> run towards...? <laughs> yes, yeah, go for it. Um, that's a... So I will be rolling smart, strange, right? Strange, yeah. Ugh, oh, that's a fail, so... I am not not afraid. You're still pretty spooked um, <laughs> as, you, as you run towards the gate. Um, that is a fail with a grit. You see that there is some movement on the other side of the gate, but you kind of squint and you can't see through these fleshy vibrating strands um, that appear to be kind of blocking the path. 
Um, so you can't make out what's going on on the other side of the gate as you make your way towards it. Do I have enough movement to jump through? Oh, so it's actually blocked. Through. It hasn't. You can't go through. Yeah. So it's kind of there is almost like a fleshy mass that's kind of tangled together like a web of kind of gore that's blocking your path that you'd have to fight your way through or get rid of to get through. Yeah. In that case, I'm going to. Ooh, a demon's claw would be an interact or a attack. Uh, that would be an attack because you'd be doing a doing some damage. Okay, in that case, I'll use Demon's Claw. So roll Strange. Okay, there we go. I succeed uh, on Strange one. Yep. So I do four soul damage to the tendril-like things that are blocking my way, and I also take a wound, and I advance Doom by three. Excellent. Okay, that takes us to. 34 on the doom clock so you sprint over um, and find your way blocked by this web of flesh and you draw back your arm and summon this spectral purple claw which you kind of splay out and slash across and you cut this fleshy mass to ribbons and it opens and you see just before your turn ends you see Michaela in the distance sprinting desperately towards you and a black ocean beginning to roil around her and as you look over to your right, you see one of the eyes on the gate. There is a flicker of fear as your claw retracts. Oh, I just shout, Michaela! In the that she can hear me. <laughs> yeah, Michaela hears a strange spectral echo that is distorted as it passes through the gate. Um, but you do recognise it as Z's voice as you carry on moving. Diana, what would you like to do with your turn as you're currently on your back? Yeah, so I'm front, so I need to spend my movement to get off my back, right? And get back on my feet. And then I'm going to, um, now that I have eight wounds, I'm going to use my ability Field Surgeon to attempt to stitch myself up. So I roll a smart check and I'm going to spend my luck as well. That is two successes ooh, with two luck as well. So I'm going to make that into a third success and heal three points of damage. Excellent. Great. So yeah, wow. you rapidly kind of get some bandages, tear them with your teeth and begin stitching up your wounds um, to stop the flow of blood and heal yourself up a bit so you're ready to jump back into the fight. And you stand back up. Uh, is there anything else you'd like to do? Yeah. Do I still have an attack action available? Oh, yeah. 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 <laughs> Okay, I'm going to hit that flamethrower again. (laughs) (laughs) That is two successes with one luck. Cool. Uh, With this one, as you've got two successes, you turn the flame nozzle towards the gate itself and begin raking a gout of flame over the side of it as it begins to twitch and vibrate um, as multiple eyes pop underneath the searing heat. And that does a heck of a lot of damage. Um, and it is looking quite unstable. Has the barrel of oil reached the room? <laughs> <laughs> no, so you, you've gouted kind of ahead of it and the barrel is still on its merry way and it's about oh, four great, of us. It's great. almost there. It's approaching yeah. Z from behind. Gotcha. Um, then I'll probably just yell, run! Yeah. <laughs> Excellent. How, um, how close is the flare that I spotted to the professor? It's within movement range um, for you. So I'm going to take my umbrella and sort of flip it 180 degrees in my hand. So holding the pointed end in my hand with the handle uh, sort of outstretched to form what I can only describe as the world's most rubbish golf club. 
Uh, and then uh, <laughs> the professor is going to take a run at the flare and shout four and hit the flare in the direction of the oil barrel that is rolling towards the uh, uh -oh. <laughs> right. So the flare takes flight. Roll a. Would that be? I'm gonna say roll a luck check for me. From our bank yeah, to uh, see if it is, its trajectory is heading towards the barrel or something. Uh, I get a luck and three smarts. I'm gonna say <laughs> with three smarts, your knowledge of angles allows you to hit it with the perfect trajectory, and you hit the flare and it begins to arc towards the barrel. And we're gonna say the captain gets to fire off his rifle and fire off at one of the tentacles, and he hits and deals that a little bit of damage. And with that, that is sailing through the air. And what I'd like to do now, rather than give the Morgate a turn, we're going to cut back to Michaela, and I'm going to give Michaela a chance to escape um, before this is all brought crashing down. So, Michaela, as you're sprinting across this obsidian pathway, you see, out of this roiling black ocean, a huge monolithic tendril erupts from the ocean covered in multiple other tentacles and seems to be made up almost entirely of eyes. All these eyes seems to point down and stare towards you as it begins to come smashing down on the obsidian pathway in front of you, smashing a chunk out of it. So I'd like you to make a grit check to jump the gap. Okay. All right, I got a, I got one, one success with a grit and a wit and a luck. This tendril smashes down and severs the path in front of you and you kind of on your tippy toes kind of stop then take a few steps back run and leap across the gap and continue running you see that z has opened the moor gate just enough for you to get through but the tendrils are starting to close again i'd like you to roll a wit check to try and dive through and escape back to the real world all right i'm gonna add that luck on okay i got no successes oh, i got a a, a grit a smarts, a heart, and a luck, but no successes. <laughs> so unfortunately, the, the tendrils close and flick outwards as you dive and collide with it as it pushes you back onto this obsidian pathway um, and this large tendril looms above you, ready to slam down. And as you kind of look up, it brings itself down with its full weight and you disappear into the black ocean. Is everyone else backing away from the barrel? Uh, yeah, so after I yelled run, I'm gonna start running myself and like occasionally maybe tossing some flames just towards the room to get the fire started. Yeah, no, um, the, the small tendrils and stuff reach out and try and grab you, but you keep it at bay um, with your flamethrower. Uh, Z, what are you doing as you're standing by the gate and you've just seen Michaela run forwards, dive towards you, reaching out and the tendrils close back across again. So I didn't, uh, I don't see if something happening to her. I only see that the tendrils just covered it again and she's behind, you, you, right? you hear a tremendous thud and the kind of sloshing of the ocean behind the door and it's slowly beginning to fall quiet again. But you don't hear Michaela. Oh my gosh. Um, no, Z's probably gonna try to break the tendrils again, to be honest, to try to, he's, he's desperate. I'm just gonna, so Z's gonna take a deep breath and try to calm down because he's afraid first. Um, you know, try to, try to get rid of his fear. 
and he does not succeed in that. I think I think he'd probably have some level of advantage there if he's like yeah. inspired by attempting to so save his ro- friend. Ro- roll again and have have advantage. Add, add an extra die in there. There we go. Two successes. <laughs> the adrenaline of the possibility that you have lost maybe the first proper friend you've ever made breaks your fear clean through and you're ready to do whatever it takes. I'm going to try Demon's Claw again to just cut through the uh, the tendrils and reach in in the hopes of like feeling or getting anything. So strange roll. That's two successes. Okay. With the luck. Yeah, so you slash through tendrils and you open the gate up again so you can see to the other side. Are you wanting to go through to try and get to Michaela and see where she is? Yeah, because I don't know what's happened on the other side, so I'll probably, if I don't see her, like a perfection of her or anything like that, I'll probably just walk in. Yeah, okay. Michaela, roll a luck check for me. (laughs) I'm going to add another luck on as well. (laughs) (laughs) That's two successes and three strange. Ooh, it's a tough one. So, you will have taken ten wounds from the destruction of the gate of the floor beneath you and you are now in the roiling black sea struggling to stay afloat 10 okay i'm at trauma yeah you're at trauma (laughs) so um but you surface with a gasp out of the roiling sea to see z clawing through the gate and z at this point you see luckily michaela surfacing in the black ocean on the other side however there is this large roiling tendril creature still moving around in the sea as well Z, what would you like to do? Well, shoot. I don't think I have anything else to do because I've, I've used up... You can move. I will move to... Yeah, thank you. Um, I will move to Michaela. Jump into the blackness if, it, if I have to. Cool. With a deep breath, you run forwards and you dive through the gate into the Black Sea and help Michaela up onto the shard of the obsidian path that's left. And as you do so, the flare tumbles through the air and lands on the barrel and explodes, immolating the Morgate, which eyes seem to widen in one split second before the the barrel ignites and it is engulfed in flame. For those on the other side of the gate, the gate pretty much disappears in a ball of flame and Diana, Captain Russell and the two professors stand in the hold which begins to rumble as you look behind you towards where you entered and the ship begins to split in half and and some sunlight begins to seep in as the boat begins to split in two. Uh, I turn to the others. We need to get out of here now. And as you shout that, you hear a tugboat horn echoing in the sky as, as you hear, down here, this way, quickly. And, and as you kind of run up to the edge of the lip of the boat that is kind of falling apart, you look down over the edge and you see as the boat is pulling apart, Yuri is bravely sailing into the gap um, to try yes. and catch you. <laughs> he goes, jump down. The lusty shrimp shall catch your bodies. Yeah. <laughs> he's, um, he's like, <laughs> come. So we can just we can just jump straight onto the boat from where we are. Um, you can surely try. Um, so it's gonna be try. it's gonna be it's gonna be a grit check. Okay, would I have disadvantage if I was still wearing the flamethrower? It's quite heavy, so yeah, so you'd have to yeah. you'd have to ditch it. <laughs> okay. <sighs> I I look down at it and I say, "Well, old girl, 
we had a good run together and I'll take it off and jump onto the boat. Excellent. Cool. So you'd like to roll a grit check for me? That is one success. Cool. Yeah, you um, shed the flamethrower, get a little bit of a run up and kind of dive over the collapsing edge back onto the lusty shrimp and land with a fud onto the boat. The captain is going to follow suit. He also succeeds. Come on, Dark Professor, come on, we'll catch you. So what I'm going to do is uh, I'm going to turn to Brutenholm and I'm going to take the drive out of his pocket with the research on and tap my sort of head and point to him and then hold the disc and go, two copies is better than one. And then sort of gesture to him to jump onto the ship. Okay, um... Brutenholm is going to he's he's going to try and jump he's not a strong man we'll see how he does he gets a luck so I'll say like he he lands with a fud and he takes a couple of wounds um, as his old legs buckle underneath him but he doesn't take any kind of serious damage maybe sprains an ankle and that leaves left behind Professor Pontwhistle Uh, so I'm going to try and style it out Mary Poppins style uh, and jump opening my umbrella to try and give myself a bit of a lift. I really want this to go wrong. No advantage? Savage. <laughs> Savage no advantage. Savage. Uh, a smarts and a wit. <laughs> That's not a grip. <laughs> you got your wish. So what I'm going to say with that is, is you slam into the side of the boat, grasping desperately um, onto it. And as you do, you see the now smash drive slip down into the roiling water below and the hard drive (laughs) is lost to the icy arctic ocean as captain russell goes come on prof let me help you up there and he grabs by the scruff neck and pulls you um onto the boat and yuri kind of turns back she says is that everybody is everybody all aboard that's everybody and he goes, oh, you wash. Um, takes some of the spirit and he goes, turbo. And he blows it into the engine again and rams the accelerator forward as you begin to work your way um, through the ice sheets back to the town of Barrow. Is there any last moments um, you would like on the boat of the Lusty Shrimp? On the deck of the Lusty Shrimp, I should say. I'll, I'll look to the captain just to, to make sure I didn't like overstep the bounds with that call. Um, um, you know, not like waiting for these guys or anything. Like, I just kind of, kind of walk up to him. Like, yeah, we did what we could. We did. It's, it's a goddamn shame, but hopefully they're in a better place now. And as we do th- say that, Michaela and Z, you find yourselves clutching each other tightly. You are washed ashore in the roiling kind of black sea. And as you stand up and pull yourself up onto the sandy beach, you realise that the sand isn't yellow or any normal beach you've ever seen. The sand's purple and the sky has way too many moons. You realise that you may have passed your way through a gate, but you've gone through the wrong one. Ah! <laughs> That's so cool. Did and die, you're in an alien world. Um, it was <laughs> aliens in the end. <laughs> well... This is an improvement. I'm going to be stuck on an alien world with anyone. I'm glad it's you, Z. I have a feeling this is the beginning of a wonderful friendship, Michaela. <laughs> oh, it's so cute. And that's where we end our session. Oh my gosh, guys. That was amazing. Thank you so much. Yeah. Awesome. That was so good. That was brilliant. Now it definitely needs to be a spin-off. <laughs> no! <laughs> 
Betsy and Michaela having adventures in another dimension. <laughs> That's, oh, yeah, when people get pulled through the Moorgate, it always gets really wild. I never know what's <laughs> going to happen. Because yeah. like a lot right. of the time, it's like we've had people go through and they've got back out and have escaped. We had someone right. who did the heroic dive towards the gate and then he literally got smushed by a tentacle and he just died um, straight away. But um, I think all the stuff that Z and like, Michaela were doing was just so yeah. I think that that was the only way I could really see to to pull that to a close. So you're not dead, but you're not in like the best situation. Um. So. If you uh, enjoyed this podcast episode and thought that it sounded like we're all having a great time, which I think we were, you can also find uh, a whole ream of spoilers and other little snippets of art and rules from the game on our social media as well, um, which is Shiver RPG on Facebook or at Games Parable on Twitter. Uh, we also have a website, which is shiverrpg.com, uh, where you can find the Dice Roller app that we were using in the session, as well as character sheets and a load of other information about the game. One of the other key things that you can get from our website as well is that we have an entirely free to download and play quick start guide um, that's compatible with our free Dice Roller, where you can play for a corporate hellscape fighting zombies with office supplies. So please go there, check it out, see what you think of the game, play it and, and see if it's for you. Um, and we'd really love to have you all on board. Yeah, thank you so much for joining us in this wonderful, wonderful one shot. We had a lot of fun, I'm pretty sure. Definitely, yeah, yeah, it was great. Such a great game. Oh, thank you. I mean, I would love to see all of these characters return in some fashion. Um, they were all brilliant. I think Z, you are the. It was the most upbeat experiment <laughs> from a government agency I have ever seen in Shiver, and and it's that saying something because we've seen a surprising amount of government experiments played in this game. So yeah, yeah. I I did want to try something new because you know the the cliche is like a kind of dready like dreadlord kind of government experiment. <laughs> Yeah, I'm really glad that we managed to get, like, one of each of the archetypes that's quite unique to Shiver, because, like, Survivor, Fool, and Weird are all, like, the really sort of pivotal bits of Shiver that you don't get in other games. So I, I, that was really, really cool. Uh, it, it will probably not surprise you to know that we're, we're planning on doing um, more content going forward. Um, so when we're releasing even more stuff, we'll make sure to let you guys know and we'd love to do some more stuff with you because this was dead fun yeah no for sure and can i just say like i, I genuinely really appreciate the like having dice that you can roll and so even even on fails you have the thematic element that you can use for like how the failures that's i don't think i've ever seen that in like a yeah i i honestly um, love that it makes it so so like from a director or a gm perspective it makes life so much easier because when people are rolling dice it's like oh i don't have to like come up with like what's happened on this success or fail i can kind of just crutch on some dice so, so my ethos for it when designing it was every role should move the story forwards just not always in the way that you expect so having symbols that are tied so thematically to things that can happen um, just means that you can fail, but you fail in a way that moves the story forwards. And that's always the key thing, because the last thing you want is a bunch of players crouching by a door, 
all spam rolling checks to try and lock pick it kick it down it should be one roll and you either get through the door or you don't get through the door or you get through the door in a way that you don't expect which might be a guard opening the door saying oh hello what's going on here then and then a fight ensues um because you're trying to break into somebody's home so yeah so i think that's that's one of the key things for shiver is that we're very story centric and we hope that the dice are as well so we're really glad that you've in, enjoyed that and enjoyed kind of playing with those well that was quite an ending wasn't it we hope you had fun listening to this week's episode don't forget to check out the links to shiver in the description below if you like what you hear, please connect with us on Instagram and Twitter at DFYT underscore podcast, on Facebook at Don't Forget Your Towel Podcast, and through email at dfytpodcast at gmail.com. Also, if you have some free time, drop us a rating and review on iTunes. It means so much to us, and every single rating goes a long way to helping us increase our reach and to help us share the RPG love. Next week will be Don't Forget Your Tao's final episode for 2020, a special holiday episode recorded just for you listeners. But don't worry, we'll only be away for a short time and we'll be back to our usual schedule on the 14th of January. Till next time, keep your towels at the ready.